Hey, Sam, what's up? Celador. Sam, are you trying to unlock my repressed memories? Celador. Sam, it's not going to work. I don't have any secret memories. Celador. <gasps> my, my, my dad. Yes. My dad is <clears throat> Steve Urkel. Excellent. <laughs> and my mom is Alf. Yes, excellent. Wait, what? No, I didn't program that one in there. Yeah, I was just messing with you. I don't have any planet memories in my head. Just like I said. Uh, if you know so much about retcon hypnosis memories, why don't we do a podcast about it? Wait, Wait a, a minute. minute. That's, That's what we're, we're doing, doing right, right now. now. Hey, all you losers out there, and welcome to another episode of Ultimate Losers! I'm your co-host, Sam White. And I'm your co-host, Sean White. Ultimate Losers is your podcast guide through Marvel's Ultimate Alternate Universe. Universe 1610, better known as the Ultimate Universe. Hooray! Yes, so we are doing Ultimate Spider-Man again this week with a <laughs> very exciting arc, because you know we love it when things get all gobby. Yeah, we love goblins in this in this home, in this <laughs> internet home. And we are a goblin family. <laughs> hey, this is a goblin family. That just reminded me, I, I hate to get podcast referential on our podcast, but there's a bit on uh, My Brother, My Brother, Me about shorts families, and it's one of the most absurd Yahoo questions they ever, like, discuss on the show. It's like a family that, like, is, like, religiously dedicated to not wearing shorts. Oh, oh, I thought they were, I thought they were, like, all wearing, like, matching jorts or something. No, they're like, we're not a shorts family, Johnny. Okay, so uh, what we're trying to get at is we are starting the Hopgoblin arc this week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm distracted already. We're doing the first half of the Hobgoblin arc. So what we're doing Ultimate Spider-Man issues 72, 73, 74, published from April 2005 until May 2005. Yes, uh, and we got all the usual boys uh, taking us through this wonderful Hobgoblin journey. We got Bimba... Brian Michael Bendis, we got uh, Mark Bagley on pencils, we got inks by Scott Hanna, and we got colors by J.D. Smith. Thank you, J.D. Thank you, J.D. Uh, so, yeah, this this is, uh, I guess, if you count Ultimate 6, this is, like, our fourth goblin-related story arc. There's a lot of goblins going on in Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's kind of talk about where we are at in the uh, Osborne goblin storyline yeah the last time the green goblin reared his ugly head and also the green goblin is norman osborne spoilers <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for 1965 he busted at a jail with the other four members of the sinister six and my math is not wrong there he's just an idiot <laughs> um, because they were trying to recruit Peter Parker as the sixth member of the Sinister Five so that they could attack the White House for reasons I don't remember and kill the president. Um, but Spider-Man betrayed the Sinister Five and Harry Osborn was there because Nick Fury brought him there. And so they were able to capture the green goblin and put harry osborne in jail <laughs> yeah or harry osborne into i don't know into orphan care i don't know yeah. <laughs> he was abducted by shield <laughs> he, he was taken to colorado to get high <laughs> <laughs> yeah to get the weed doctor was gonna prescribe him some medical marijuana <laughs> Who is who's the who's the arch nemesis of the anti weed doctor from the first arc of uh, Spider Man? Oh, there's an entire like spinoff series there. Yeah, it would it would be better than Hawk Knight or whatever it's called. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, since that uh, adventure, Peter has had a rough time. Uh, yeah. Gwen Stacy died. He just has been having a rough personal life, and then he got uh, taken uh, over by the Lord of Nightmares and uh, had to team up with Doctor Strange. And in that nightmare, uh, MJ, his girlfriend, told him that she was going to die and everyone he loves is going to die and it's all going to be his fault. And he is pretty messed up because of that. Yeah, Peter's in a really bad headspace. Also, we should, we should point out, I think it gets mentioned at some point in this in these issues, that it's still been, like, really recent since Uncle Ben died. So, like... Yes, uh, it, it actually happened almost nine months ago. And we know that because that's how issue 72 starts, is a flashback to when Peter got bit by the spider nine months ago and all of this started. Yeah, we do this flashback and at first it seems really strange, or it seemed really strange to me. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, just in case I picked up a Spider-Man comic book and forgot who Spider-Man was, give me a real quick, like, recap of (laughs) that he got bit by a spider one time. Because it's really showing the scene where he gets bit by the spider and then he passes out and goes back on the bus and MJ comforts him and it's really sweet. Ah, but the reason why we're going back is because we're seeing new information from this time that we didn't know before. Yes, a classic retcon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so after the spider incident, uh, MJ is studying on her front porch and Harry Osborne comes over to talk with her. Uh-oh. Or should I say Harrison Osborne? Because apparently mm. that's what MJ calls him. Mr. Harrison Osborne, Corporal Dan. Uh, but uh, Harry... <laughs> Harry kind of jealously asks why she isn't at the hospital with her boyfriend, Peter. Uh-oh. Uh, and he kind of gets a little angry saying they looked pretty snugly on the bus. Yeah, she was leaving um, shiny, shiny items in his nest, and then he was uh, replacing them with with rare, with rare arbor pieces. No one is gonna get your weird, obscure <laughs> Dark Souls references. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> is it bad that when I was reading the comment, uh, the comic book, when he said snugly, I would be like, man, I gotta get some shit from those crows. <laughs> I feel like sometimes your references are out of control and I have to, like, tame them in for our <laughs> listeners. Give us smooth. Yes, yes, give us silky smooth. I think Pickle Pea is my favorite of all the crows. Okay. This isn't a Dark Souls cast, so... Uh, okay. Back to Harry and MJ. <laughs> yeah. She was getting snuggly with Peter on the bus and Harry is upset. She kind of is like, well, we could sit together if you would let us be publicly together. And he says that they can't because of his dad. This is kind of a bombshell moment, too, because the reader at this point is like, oh, shit, they were a thing. This is new information, right? Uh, yeah, totally new. Um, yeah. I mean, you, there weren't really any hints to it, too. No, do you think... As far as I'm concerned. Judgment, good recon or bad recon? kind of like it. it feels like a normal thing to happen in high school i wish it was a bit more planned but yeah it, it seems i like how real it, it feels it feels so real <laughs> like it feels like it's a real thing like where like you're dating someone and then you realize that like the year before they were dating one of your friends but neither of them ever told you yeah uh but mj calls uh harry's dad norman uh an, an a-hole she, she infers that he is an a-hole she doesn't even directly call him one. Yeah. She infers it, though. I like how it's, uh, in the comic, it's spelled a-hole, not a-hole in quotes, but a and then hole in quotes. Yeah, she's calling his dad a hole, not an a-hole. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Harry gets very defensive about this, though, and this is kind of uh, where the story differs from almost every story arc in all of Ultimate Spider-Man. I'd argue that this is all mostly from Harry's perspective. It's his story. Like, where we will go in these six issues uh, this week and next week is is go through, like, Harry's conflict with who his father is and who he wants him to be. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so Harry, like, clearly, like, hates his father, but at the same time really 
doesn't want other people commenting on him. Yeah, it's definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, then they just make out for, like, a hundred hours straight after they, uh... Yeah, talk about a-holes. Yeah. Um, is this also the part where, uh, Harry says some extremely nasty comment about blondes? Yeah, yeah, he does. He's, he's just a kind of a jerk. It's not very good at, like making you care for him uh he also says that he like says a mean thing and then goes it was just a prank uh he also says that mj would look hot without her glasses and she's like and i look hot with them too damn so we jump back to the present to roxon labs which is a name that will be getting more and more familiar as the series continues yes and uh we start with a shablamo yeah, because some stupid dipshit with lightning powers is <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> so, uh, Spider-Man's being, like, held defeated. We're coming in, like, the later parts of this battle. Um, this guy has, like, a stupid costume. It's, like, yellow and black, um, which is pretty obnoxious. And uh, he has these, like, arm blades with lightning powers. Yeah, he's, um, and his dialogue is just hilarious. Like, I couldn't... I don't think you're supposed to take this seriously at all. No, no, it's it's setting up later rocks on stories, but like he's uh, kind of just a he's a dipshit. So this is Killer Shriek, by the way, uh, and I will say or Shrike, how do you say Shrike? That? Yeah, yeah, Killer Shrike. Shrike. And the way he exists in the six one six Marvel universe is that he is kind of just like a villain to like plug holes. Like if you need like one issue and you're like I don't know. Is there a villain that can, like, fight any Marvel hero and, like, be defeated in one issue? Oh, yeah, Killer Shrike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But his name is Simon Maddox, and he was created by John Warner and John Buscema in uh, 1977's Rampaging Hulk number one. Um, And uh, his deal here is that he is, uh, was trying to rob Roxon of their adamantium. He's like, he straight up talks like, Science men, relinquish the adamantium so that I may perform my evil deeds. <laughs> yeah, and he like talks for like an hour about how he's so cool and strong and he defeated Spider-Man and now he'll cut Spider-Man open if they don't give him <laughs> the adamantium. And this like very prissy looking guy with a turtleneck and a lab coat, which is the height of fashion. <laughs> um, he says... We don't even know who he is. Go ahead. Whoa! Cold. Ice cold. Um, yeah, this guy is, like, so over the top, though. He's like, do any more of you mortals have powers that could possibly stand up to me? And uh, while he's, like, gloating and stuff, and he just doesn't realize that Spider-Man is not out. He is just kind of playing him. And uh, gets gets a surprise attack on him while he's doing these grandiose villain speeches. Yeah, and he webs him and kicks him and slaps him around and beats him up. Yeah, uh, I'd say the main interesting thing, though, is these Roxxon scientists. When Spider-Man asked them to explain what the hell this was, he just, like, noticed a supervillain was attacking somewhere. He doesn't know what's up with them. They all kind of stare blankly at him. And he's like, fine, don't tell me anything. Yeah, and that kind of puts him in a bad mood because it's more ungrateful people that he's saved. He even makes a comment to say, when the police gets here, why don't you stare blankly at them too? Oh, and better still, tell them that this was all somehow my fault. Yeah, uh, but he defeated Killer Shrike, which uh, he describes as, in his inner monologue, as steroid boy with a laser tag fetish. And we we don't even get Killer Shrike's name in this, I don't think. No, I don't think we do. Uh, sometimes like, you get these sort of things later. Like, in one of these issues, they reference that uh, a guy who we fought, like, ten issues ago is called Gladiator. We didn't even... We said that because we recognized him, but, like... Yeah, but that's when Spider-Man learns that that was Ultimate Gladiator. Yeah, th- there's there's a lot of uh, these one-off villains are just there to, like, have an action scene in the early parts of an arc. <laughs> yeah. 
But this scene does serve a larger purpose than just killing time and showing Spider-Man doing some Spider-Man stuff to pump some action into this. It sets up the beginning of Roxxon Labs, which is basically the successor to Oscorp and Hammer for <laughs> Evil Corporation. Yeah, yeah, it's Evil Corporation that are doing things with superhuman experiments. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man swings back to school. Uh, he's mad because this uh, villain intervention has stopped him from being able to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. He also admits to himself that he's off his game. He wasn't actually playing possum. He was knocked out and just happened to come back to consciousness in, in time to stop the villain. Mm -hmm. And how he that he could have ended up dead. Yeah, but uh, he gets an even bigger surprise when he gets back to school because MJ, uh, Flash, and Kong are walking in the hall with Harry Osborn. <gasps> and Harry says he's back for good. I'm back for good, baby. Yeah. So Pete's freaked out by this because he's the, go the son of the gob. Son of the gob. That's, oh, that's what this arc should be called. Son of the gob. Son of the gob. Uh, yeah, so Pete takes MJ aside and, you know, he interrogates her a bit. He's obviously upset. It's, it's clear that he's still really shaken by the nightmare and Gwen Stacy and MJ doesn't really understand why Peter's freaking out because she might not know that he could be just as dangerous as his father. Yeah, uh, she doesn't have the context because Peter hasn't been talking to her about it, uh, mm. about the Sinister Six or Sinister Five incident. He doesn't know that Harry is starting to seem just as unstable as Norman was. Uh, and Peter's mm -hmm. been seeing that. Harry knows his identity. Harry was screaming that he'll kill him last time he saw him. Yeah. So Peter ends up getting frustrated with MJ because he's a teen who cannot properly have adult discourse. And he yells at her, every time you don't listen to me, you get thrown off a bridge. <laughs> Which, they're still in school. Someone had to have heard that. <laughs> yeah. You could do me a favor and just do what I say. And then MJ snaps back, I didn't kill Gwen Stacy, and they storm off. Like, just out of context, a classmate overhearing them being like, a bridge? Kill Gwen Stacy? What is this? <laughs> what the fuck? What are these people talking about? Here's the biggest plot twist in the whole, in all the three issues. This came out of nowhere. This next part. Are you talking about Aunt May packing for them to move? Yeah, they're moving? She mentioned that in a, a previous story. No way. Yeah, they're moving because their, like, briefly adopted daughter died in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Which would make her Peter's adopted sister, right? Yes, it would. Just following that family lineage correctly, that Gwen Stacy is Peter's adopted sister? Very briefly, for a few months. But that's the that was their relation? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. I feel like it's important to keep reiterating that so that nobody accidentally forgets and does something weird. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so in the driveway, May is packing up boxes because they now have a new house uh, just a few blocks away, and, uh, and yeah, she's getting ready. Uh, but uh, MJ was supposed to come over to help them uh, pack, and uh, Peter lies and says she's studying for a big test tomorrow. But tomorrow's Sunday. Uh, Peter tells a bad lie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, she tells Peter, like, go on, go to your spider cave and pack up down there. In the <laughs> yeah, she says spider cave. Yeah. Go to your spider cave, you weirdo. <laughs> she doesn't know he's Spider-Man. She just knows he refers to it as a spider cave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Peter goes down and does some very, like, Peter Parker-esque thing of, like, ooh, why can't I quit being Spider-Man? What was me? Yeah, what was me? I have superpowers, and I'm super strong, and I got great muscles, and I can do anything ever, and fight bad guys, and I have a life that people would dream of. <laughs> uh, but then Harry just kind of strolls right in there. And he's like, remember that time I said I'd kill you all? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, he doesn't mention that but Peter kind of interrogates Harry he's like well where were you all this time like what's going on what do you what do you know uh, Harry says he was just chilling at a place in Colorado they he, he knows that shield was doing this to make sure he was safe from his dad and 
to answer if he remembers things, he opens up the chest where Peter keeps his Spider-Man costume. And he, like, holds it aloft, like, mm, what's this? Like, it's, like, dirty lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have here, Peter? <laughs> mm, what's this, Peter? I know your dirty little secret. Um, and, uh, Peter is just, just not wants to know why Harry's here. What does he want? Yeah, and Harry's acting a little menacing. Yeah, more than a little menacing, I'd say. Very menacing. Uh, but Harry kind of uh, talks about how much it sucks for him to come back, and he doesn't have a family anymore, and everything sucks, and Peter's a famous superhero, and worst of all, he's dating Harry's girlfriend. <gasps> dun dun dun! We already knew this the reader, but Peter just found out. So. Yeah. Uh, so issue 73 is a very unique issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, where Spider-Man's not really in it. Uh, not really. Vaguely. In weird, uh, like, orangey... <laughs> Memories, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's all a flashback. This is answering what happened to Harry. Uh, and it's the uh, cover, though, uh, might be giving away the game a little bit, because it's got Spider-Man, Harry, and then a big yellow goblin in the background. <laughs> big yellow goblin. Not one of those big yellow goblins. Ugh, I hate those guys. I know, they're very different than the green variety. <laughs> Always stealing my shoelaces and leaving the stove on. What? <laughs> big yellow goblins. Get out of here! Get back under the bed, you big yellow goblin. So we're po- here the comic pauses <laughs> from where we were in the last issue and goes back one week ago in Colorado where Harry is on the balcony of this mountain lodge and he's just closing his eyes and just vaping weed (laughs) just vaping um he's he's kind of thinking and uh there's gonna be a this is a recurring motif in this issue but he keeps seeing blurred images of orange fire and memories of what happened before things about his dad and as the goblin and peter parker as spider-man and they don't seem to be coming through clearly it also seems very reminiscent of like something gobliny is going on inside of harry mm-hmm. that's that's the vibe that's the vibe i would get without even even if i didn't know what was coming <laughs> So are you saying he's just a little bit gobby? He's a little, he seems a little bit gobby, but he's a lot of bit slobby. Do you think he has like a lo- a bunch of uh, little uh, goblins on his shoulder whispering circles of Urkel? Goblin ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> Watchful house, seven, seven o'clock central. <laughs> so uh, Nick Fury comes out and... Uh, uh, kind of explains things to Harry. And uh, we'll, we, this makes a lot more sense later in this story, but Nick Fury kind of has to say, like, hey, do you know who I am? Do you remember things? Yeah, it's really confusing. We're kind of seeing this from Harry's perspective, where it's like, what's going on? I mean, we know, but we know that Harry has met Nick Fury. He knows everything about his dad. Uh, we're, we've taken a step back in his character development, and I'd say when you first read this, the read you'd take is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is messing with his memories. But that's not really the case. It's more something that Harry has done himself. I mean, there's more to it, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Also, this is crazy, but Harry is like, I know Nick Fury from TV. You're all over the place. You run the world. And he's like, nah, nah, I don't run the world. I'm the world's greatest secret spy on TV. I think they gave up the secret spy thing with Nick Fury, or with Ultimate Nick Fury, pretty early. Like, yeah, the first story with him had that, but, like... He's the president of the world. Well, he's the head of the Ultimates, you know? (laughs) Like, like he's kind of their tactical leader, so... But, yeah, Fury's motivations, as he says it here, at least, is that he's trying to protect Harry... Uh, he wants them to be able to reform Norman Osborn, cure him of his gobbiness, and then they can let Harry go back into 
society and just be safe and uh, live a normal life. And specifically now, they feel comfortable because they have Green Goblin in uh, cryogenics. They feel comfortable putting Harry back to New York and sending him with his uh, grandfather, Amberson. <laughs> the son of Amberson. Is, do you think it's Amberson Osborne? I hope not. Or is it on his mom's side? <laughs> I've, it's un- unclear. Probably will be forgotten instantly by the comic book writers. Probably. Yeah, and also since Harry's mom is dead and his dad is a frozen goblin monster, <laughs> Fury has arranged it so that he gets to inherit his father's $100 million net worth. I don't know why he'd have to arrange that, but... Well, I mean, well, because his, his, his father is in a secret government bunker. That's not usually, like, when you inherit things. Uh, usually that isn't a sight thing you have to you cite being like, oh, he's, you know, my father's not dead, but he's in a secret cryogenic chamber in a bunker. I'm pretty sure that here in Canada that that is... Um, that is the law? Oh. That is, yeah, he would be legally considered um, incapacitated if he was a frozen goblin monster. Oh. Only that way. <laughs> say, say if you were like a frozen troll, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to inherit the a uh, hundred million dollar uh, in assets without some sort of government exemption. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. This goblin looks more like a fire troll to me. <laughs> Don't get me started about all those goblin racists. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, we jump ahead in time here. Uh, we kind of just see Harry going through this week in being reintegrated back in society and inheriting all of his father's business and his properties and uh, his assets. And uh, there's a, a weird flashback to issue 69 where Peter and MJ were like hanging out with Johnny Storm. and uh, In the parking lot. Yeah, and Harry was just in a car watching from nearby and it's like why does that matter a mere six days ago we were we were hanging out with johnny storm i feel like when we covered issue 69 that feels like a lifetime ago that's because we we have to move so slowly we're covering like four series right now yeah so harry's looking at his dad's stuff and he's at the wreckage of his father's lab where the goblin accident happened where Justin died. Yeah. Our sweet Justin. Sweet Justin. Maybe we can find his uh, his earring somewhere in the wreckage. He, Harry picks up a single earring and his grandfather or whoever is behind, the attorney, maybe? I think it's the attorney. Is Yeah, he's telling him to sell this land because Roxon made a bid for it and they're offering a fair price. But Harry clenches his fist around Justin's single earring and says, No! It's mine! No, this is a sacred ground now. (laughs) I'm not getting rid of him. (laughs) I can't sell a memory. Um, and then a single tear goes down Harry's face and he says, For you, Justin. For you, Justin. Uh, I love talking about Justin again. I'm glad this comic gives us an excuse to... And then we go to uh, a scene where Harry's grandfather is sleeping, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but does he grab a slice of pizza out of his grandpa's sleeping hand and eats it? Yeah, what? That's how <laughs> I, I did not think of that, but I'd like to interpret the artwork as that. <laughs> That's how I interpreted it, that he was like, looks like you're not going to finish that. Um, but yeah, then he gets a phone call on his flip phone, <laughs> 2005, and... <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, someone uh, tells him to meet them downstairs. So he goes to street level uh, outside of Oscorp, and uh, there is a familiar face in a black car uh, telling him to get in, uh, and that is Mr. Shaw. Vulture. No, not Vulture. <laughs> oh. oh, that guy's not Vulture? No. <laughs> is it not Vulture when he tried to hit Spider-Man with his car in the first issue? Nope, that's Mr. Shaw. <laughs> That guy's not Vulture? <laughs> no. Vulture is Adrian Toomes. We have not seen Vulture yet. I'm pretty sure this guy's Vulture. No, it's just a bald guy named Mr. Shaw who tried to kill Peter <laughs> Parker in issue one by running him over with this car. With this very if car. he's not Vulture, where'd all his hairs go? <laughs> Vulture isn't the only <laughs> bald person in the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. 
Yeah, so Harry and Mr. Shaw go for a weird car drive. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It's it's actually weirder uh, based on a plot twist that's going to be coming up in a couple issues, but... <laughs> I'm excited for that. <laughs> Do you know remember what I'm talking about? Uh, vaguely. I As soon as you said that, I feel like it conjured some sort of memory. We could not spoil it on the show, though. We could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, if you, if, if you uh, haven't, I recommend reading this arc. It's very good. Um, and I don't want to spoil it right away. Because we won't be talking about it in this episode. But uh, Shaw is acting weird. <laughs> he is... He was kind of like the mercenary who did, like, the dirty work for Norman Osborn. And Harry kind of confronts him about that. He says, like, I heard you talking about some of the things that you were hired to do. I was under my dad's bed while you guys were kissing. No, he was hearing it through the uh, air vents. Harry sits. Uh, but uh, Shaw <laughs> grabs him by the throat. While driving. Yeah, it's very impressive. And his eyes just I, square on the road still. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, eyes on the road. He's like, I, my eyes are always on the road. That's why they call me Vulture. His hand is his, his, uh, somehow he has three hands and they're pretended to. His talons grip the steering wheel. He isn't the vulture. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, eventually they, uh, they get to a clearing in the middle of nowhere. They park the car and there's just this giant <laughs> metal trap door. With the that's giant That's not very well hidden door. at all and it's very conspicuous. <laughs> yeah, it's... And then he's like, me and your dad fought in the Gulf War. Yeah, I wonder Good. if they fought with uh, Nick Fury and Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. Um, he tells Harry that his dad has been hypnotizing him since he was 11. Harry goes, no, he didn't. And Shaw goes, yeah, he did. And Harry goes, okay. <laughs> and then Shaw says, two words we've heard uh, from the Circle of Urkel ghost goblin thing ghost goblins yeah <laughs> the ghost goblins uh he says cellar door and then suddenly all of those blurry memories throughout the issue come into focus the the sharkatorium that his father had in the top of oscorp uh his <laughs> his father killing his mother um his father setting fire to the white house wow gobby white house gobby did a lot of weird things <laughs> <laughs> he he bought a bunch of sharks, killed his wife, and went to the White House. Um, and uh, Harry just like starts crying and like being like, "No, <laughs> he's juicing Oz," and he's like, "Gotta get more sharks." He's like, "Maybe I can sell Linda's pearls. <laughs> I'll just get him from her real quick." I know it'll be quicker if I use if I use my if I use that fire spell from Demon Souls. <laughs> Could you trade your son for more sharks? I'll have to look into my shark dealer about that. This <laughs> Google history. Just trade son for sharks. Exchange rate son to shark. I I really love it if uh, this bunker. So Shaw opens the bunker. President, Mr. President, where's all the sharks? I have firestorm, the firestorm spell. It's unbeatable. I'm unkillable. So Shaw opens up the uh, bunker, the metal doors, and uh, with like a little like garage opening like button thing on his keychain. Yeah. Beep, beep. And uh, he says, it's a bunker. It was your father's. Now it's yours. And I'd like yeah, to imagine... probably goblin juice in there. I, Who knows? I know what's in there. His shark vendor. <laughs> Just a big shark comes out. A shark in a business suit says, Hey! And he's... It's one of the sharks from Shark Tale. And he's like, Hey, someone here looking to buy some sharks? <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's move on have to issue 74. Have you watched Shark Tale recently? You have not watched Shark Tale recently. I have not watched Shark Tale ever. You've not, yeah, we watched Shark Tale. We saw it in theaters, like, when it came out. I'm pretty sure Will I didn't. Smith? Will Smith? <laughs> Will Smith is a fish that has a man's face. I know. I'm familiar with the movie. I don't think I've seen it. And then there's, like, the sexy fish. The fi like, I watched that recently. Please don't say those words I'm... in that sequence ever <laughs> again. I watched it recently, and I'm like, I was watching it with my friend, Alex, and I was like, Alex, am I, I'm like, are, are the, the movie creators, do they want us to want to fuck this fish? What's their aim here? Why is there a sexy fish in this movie? 
Yeah, my point is that movie is uh, Green Goblin's favorite film. Fair enough. That actually tracks. That movie is crazy, though. So, uh, let's move on to issue 74 uh, and go back to where we left off in the present day. Uh, in Peter's basement with uh, Harry holding the Spider-Man mask and uh, kind of menacing Peter. So Peter is, of course, confused because he did not know that Harry and MJ dated. And uh, he tries to ask what Harry means by this. Like, can you explain, Harry? And Harry just stays silent and stands there holding the mask. And then he sniffs it. Mm, I smell money. And we're, we're not... This isn't us, like, taking creative liberties with the comic. He actually does that. I don't know why. There is a lot of liberal use of sniffing in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, it's because someone made a joke that he, uh... Or maybe that's... No, that's later. That his suit smells like hot dogs. Yeah, that is later. My bad. Maybe Harry can smell into the future. And he's like, gotta get some dogs. Maybe. So, uh, Harry then just goes on a complete off-topic tangent about how they only have each other now and they're alone in the world together and uh, they gotta look out for each other. And then they kiss. No, he hugs Peter. <laughs> and he says, like I'm gonna help you and you, you're gonna help me, Peter. And there's just a little bit of lip. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll compromise. Yeah. There's a little bit. And Peter goes, Harry, wait! But he walks away. Uh, so the next day at school... Uh, MJ tries to get Peter to kind of make up after their fight. She not make up, make out. She wants, she, yeah, she hands him a note that says make out at lunch. <laughs> uh, but Peter just ignores her. And, uh, then she passes another note to ask what's wrong. But, uh, her note passing gets broken up by the teacher. <laughs> uh Oh, busted. And, and Harry is sitting at a desk near them and sees all of this. And he's like, excellent, all according to plan. <laughs> and petting a cat like Professor Xavier does. <laughs> yeah, phase one has been completed. Um, but uh, later, Peter uh, goes on the roof of the school like he usually does to uh, head off his Spidey. Uh, but MJ follows him and she... He's probably trying to grab the emblem up there for racing the human torch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice <laughs> reference to a video game. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm excited for the new new Spider-Man game that's supposed to come out at some point. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. I hope it is good. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is where they have their big fight. Uh, MJ wants to know what's wrong, and Peter finally confronts her about her sort of dating Harry Osborn before. And she's like, "Oh, it wasn't a big deal." And every time I tried to tell you, it felt weird, so I never did. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. And Peter's like, it is a big deal. <laughs> Peter's being unreasonable, but... Uh, this is so well written because you understand why Peter is being unreasonable, and you also understand, like, why MJ didn't tell him. Like, you can understand both of their motivations so well that you're just in agony watching them fight. Yeah, and I like that, that Peter isn't angry possessively. It isn't like, oh, I'm mad that you used to date someone. It's more like, I'm mad that you never told me that someone we were both close to you had uh, this different relationship with than i thought yeah and he's also upset because he feels he tells her everything like he told her about spider-man he completely trusted her and in a way she's broken that trust and peter terrorized by nightmares and conflicting teenage emotions gets mad and and yells at her you're going to die <laughs> again someone could hear that <laughs> yeah he also calls her stupid a lot, which is mean. No, he's really, he's unreasonable, but, like, I get his, the reasons he's angry makes sense. It's just not how he's acting about it. Uh, but he tells her to stay away from the Osbournes, and specifically Harry, because he's dangerous. And if she dies, it's going to be all his fault. Yeah, and he I takes off his mask, and they're both crying, and uh, he web swings away, and, uh, yeah. Are they broken I, up or what? That was a pretty bad I fight. I love this next part. I love this next part. Because Harry tries to swoop in and he fails miserably. Yeah, MJ just shuts him down. She's in an emotional place, but she is not going to be taken advantage of. She is so in control. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> She's such a strong, like, 
character in this in these three issues yeah yeah i agree like independent and like realistic and like i don't know just like intelligent yeah so she confronts harry about this like why the hell did you tell peter that and harry says it was a she was just joking. I thought it was a prank. <laughs> well, he was just joking. He, like, jokingly referenced it, he said. And then, and he was surprised that Peter didn't know. And uh, MJ, sensing this is a lie, is like, oh, what joke is that? I'd like to hear this joke then. And he's like, I don't remember. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, Peter isn't the same guy. He's, he's not happy. He's angry. He's a bad person right now. And uh, she's like, no, he's a better person than he used to be. You're right, he has changed. And this is where she said, like, Uncle Ben just died. That happened less than a year ago. People forget about that. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's like, he's going through a tough time. He's right to be upset about this. Yeah. And Harry's like, well, he doesn't He doesn't have to take it out on you. And she's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like that she's kind of blaming herself. I think she's blaming herself too much. I think that... He... Peter deserves some blame for overreacting about this, but at the same time, like, yeah, like, she has to cut him a little slack, because, like, people close to him keep dying. I don't think she's necessarily blaming... I think she she's like, I probably should have told him, because I should have known that this could come up and upset him. Yeah. And that's my bad. Also, he is being a douche, but he is extremely emotionally compromised, and he's somebody I care about. Yeah. But Harry then throws the yeah. bombshell out that Peter killed his dad. Peter killed my dad. Which is not true. <laughs> no, it's not true at all. MJ's like, Peter wouldn't do that. And he goes, yeah, but Spider-Man would. Here's the thing I'm a little confused by, though. I think that Harry legitimately <laughs> believes that his dad's dead at this point. And I guess him or Peter wouldn't really know. We know that the Green Goblin's still alive and is frozen in some bunker somewhere. A frozen yeah. fire goblin. Because we saw a later scene with it. But, like, I don't know if Nick Fury has disclosed that to anyone else. Yeah. so I mean, he told Harry that his dad's alive. So. Oh, yeah, he did just do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, guess he could be lying. I don't know. Um, we cut to a, we cut to Manhattan where a group of thugs are robbing a hot dog cart. Mm-hmm. One of them calls them hot gods, though. Yeah, it almost looks like a typo. And Thor is like, sup? <laughs> It's yeah, someone's just selling like as guardian babes and hugs. What's up? It's me. Um, yeah, but they it seems like a typo, but then they reference it. It's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Like misspeaking is a normal part of like real life, but you rarely see it like on the page like this. Yeah, it's also like that's like a like written out, you can see how someone would make that mistake. But, like, people don't normally accidentally say God instead of dog. Yeah, they don't flip a word backwards. Yeah. Anyway, Spider-Man comes in and and he's beating them up. But uh, his emotions get the better of him. And he punches the shit out of one guy. Yeah, named Henry. Yeah, Yeah, he punches him straight into the windshield of a car. And uh, one of... uh, the other robbers goes to check on him and she says like hey he's not moving like i don't know if he's all right and yeah and peter is just frozen in shock and i love this next like smash cut because you turn the page and then it's a panel of peter carrying this guy in the emergency room and telling the nurses that to call the police and he'll be waiting outside like that level of guilt that you see there is like it almost like it it re it came at the perfect time to reground you to Peter's character to show you like that he just realized how emotionally out of control he was getting. Yeah, I feel like this is a lot more effective than um, almost like the Spider-Man three, like Spider-Man being too violent on villains, uh, showing his darker side in a way that feels human and relatable, like mm. trying to do good but just forgetting that how strong you are yeah i i really like these three issues actually like i think the way they reference older issues and like how i don't know and how like they there's not a lot of action but like the economic storytelling that they do is i i don't know i just find these three issues really interesting yeah and it ties together this story from here issue 74 
all the way back to issue one and including Ultimate Six as one story, basically. Like, it's kind of showing the strengths of a serialized comic book superhero series. Hmm. Uh, but he turns himself in, so we only know one policeman in all of New York, Captain Jean DeWolf, so she's the one. She's the police captain, but she can come around to the hospital to give Spider-Man a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she uh, kind of officially introduces herself. They met briefly um, a few weeks ago when Spider-Man stopped Gladiator at the museum. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was a thing. And uh, Spider-Man wants to be... Uh arrested because he's he he's frantic he tells uh, captain DeWolf that he he punched this person too hard he let his emotions get the better of him he lost control and he deserves to go to jail basically he's that distraught and gene wolf is like dude he's fine his you knocked some you knocked him unconscious and he sprained his arm chill out i i'd say she's She's a bad police officer, and uh, the more yeah. character development we got in Captain Jean DeWolf, uh, we don't know much about her yet. Uh, this this scene can be seen in an entirely different context. Um, mm-hmm. But I like how uncomfortable it makes me with, like, why would a police officer say this? Like, it's totally wrong what he did. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just kind of shows that she might not be the most kind of police officers. <laughs> No, she's she's like, you saved a life. That guy was just a thug. Screw him. And at first you can be like, ah, oh, she's cutting Spider-Man a break. But that almost seems like it's there to distract you from, wait a minute, this police officer sees nothing wrong with, like, people being beat up. Yeah, she sees nothing wrong with brutality in the name of justice. Yeah. Um, which which <clears throat> we'll, we will come up to very soon in, I believe, the next arc, if not the one after that. Yeah. So she gives Peter a card and says, call me if you need something that isn't a teenage breakdown like this. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I guess because it was mental breakdown. Like, is he like, would he call her and be like, I need a SWAT team to take down Shocker. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Shocker could she be troublesome. Like that mother, like that motherfucker up. <laughs> Hell yeah, guns, and then they high five. <laughs> so, uh, back at actually not back at uh, Peter's house, uh, his new house because they moved. I hope this one has a weird basement dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Peter comes home and uh, May is unpacking, and she uh, tells him that uh, MJ came by, and Peter's like, "How does she know where we live now?" At, at... <laughs> you dummy you moved two blocks down also like she was dating you when like your family bought the new house like how does she know how did she find me um but uh yeah and may just doesn't really ask a lot of the details and uh says it's all she knows is that they're having a big fight and mj says it's her fault and uh she just kind of hugs him and tells him it's gonna be all right tells him he's a special boy yeah Who's my special Pete? But also, Harry called, and as she mentions this, he calls again, and uh, Aunt May is a, a good parent, and she's like, like I can tell Peter's not in the mood to talk to this frenemy sort of that he has, so I'm not, I'm gonna say he isn't home. But yeah, now Peter uh, is, is fed up with Harry, though, and before she can convince Harry that Pete's not home, Peter takes the phone... Re- the f- what are you the f- telephone receiver yeah sure <laughs> like it like it's an old-timey phone ahoy hi <laughs> um but he, t- he takes the phone and he uh just is like harry what the hell do you want harry says it's time you scratch my back i'll scratch yours now bring that costume over Celador. <laughs> Celador. Uh-oh. Looks like Harry wants to get weird in their super costumes. Um, so, yeah, and that's uh, the first half of the Hobgoblin arc. Uh, sorry we didn't really get much... <laughs> we didn't really get that hobby. And we didn't really even get that gobby, to be honest. No, the story is really backloaded, but uh, this is all the setup. Everything's gonna pop off next issue, so... Uh, Gotta get all those retcons out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so make sure you subscribe to the network on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, rate and leave us a review on iTunes. Please, if you listen, do that. It would help tremendously with the show. Yeah, and if you'd like us on any other platforms, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, either mention it to us on Facebook, we're at Ultimate Losers, or um, Twitter, again, at Ultimate Losers. Uh, and yes. just, and yeah, just, uh, send us a message and just say like, Hey, I listen to podcasts on this. Can you get it on there? Cause I'm sure I can. Uh, just, uh, no one's really asked. Yeah. And you, and please just tweet at us too. We love to, to hear from you guys like Greg. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> and yeah. whenever you get in nine years, when you get to this episode, Greg, cause I think you're listening from the beginning. <laughs> uh, get a lot of special attention to Greg. Oh, hey, Greg took the time to tweet. I would give special attention to you, the listener, as well, if you tweeted at Ultimate Losers. Um, And yeah, just to clarify, the network is under Best Buds Podcast because uh, we used to have a variety of podcasts, though it's just been Ultimate Losers for a while because life. Yeah, but we encourage you to go back and check out uh, uh, Carly Radio, great show about Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, done by Sam. Yes, myself and my co-host Mariah. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and lots of others there. But uh, next week uh, we'll continue uh, getting hobbier and gobbier, definitely more than uh, this app. And uh, we'll find out the uh, the mystery of what Harry found in that goblin bunker. Was it a shark salesman? <laughs> Was there any any sharks? Hmm. But in the meantime, I've been your co-host Sam White, and I've been your co-host Sean White. Uh, keep on losing and keep on cruising. This is the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Good guys, bad guys, and explosions. As far as the eye can see, and only one will survive. I wonder who it will be. This is the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. This is the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Good guys, bad guys, and explosions. As far as the eye can see, and only one will survive. I wonder who it will be. This is the ultimate showdown. This is the ultimate showdown.